0: This show is made possible only by the support of the listeners. To see what you can do to help, please check out the support box at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast, with clips today from The Onion Radio News, The Progressive Magazine, The Daily Show, The Young Turks, Counterspin, Media Matters, The Colbert Report, Ring of Fire, and The Rachel Maddow Show, with a great bonus clip today for our iPhone app users from The Daily Show. And please be warned, the very first clip has lots of swearing in it, so earmuff the kids. Here it comes right now.
1: desperate attempt to fill 24 hours of programming. Here's some bullshit that happened somewhere today. We've got some footage here of the bullshit which began just after three o'clock this afternoon when residents in this neighborhood were shocked to see this fairly common thing happening. An attractive witness described the event in breathless terms.
2: I went to my window and I was like whoa there's some bullshit happening.
1: That happened right over there.
2: I'm an older man, so you can trust what I say.
1: Authorities in special uniforms rushed to the scene to stand around while our cameras filmed them. Our reporter Keith Collins joins us now live from the scene of the bullshit through the use of expensive technology. Good to be with you again, Keith. We have a a colorful graphic here that shows instances of bullshit like this are on the rise. Is that right? Yes, although why is unclear. Some say it's because of one fucking reason, others say it's because of some other fucking reason. I talked to this random expert on the subject who told me this thing you're about to hear him say right after he points at a piece of paper.
3: I spent my entire life attending the nation's most prestigious schools to talk about bullshit like this. I'm really just happy to be on TV.
1: Now let's see if we can drag this out a little longer by showing emails written by some of our viewers. I once saw some stuff kind of like the shit you're talking about happen. I have nothing more to add. Another person says, I am angry that things like this happen. I get mad about every bullshit thing I see. So obviously a lot of opinions there to make this story seem somewhat meaningful. Oh, absolutely, Glenn. This bullshit has some broader implications. Here's a list of tips on how to avoid bullshit happening to you. And here's some footage of Congress. Yes, I see that. Well, thank you, Keith. Uh, let us know if there are any updates on this bullshit story from there. There's no way there will be. Very good. We'll check back with you in an hour anyway. I'm just some fucking when we return. We'll look at live footage of a car chase taken from a helicopter and free associate about what's going on
3: age of technological turmoil in the media the last thing we need is more consolidation yet on tuesday a circuit court lifted the fcc's ban that's prevented most media conglomerates from owning a newspaper and a tv station in the same market as a result the media industry now dominated by just a handful of large players is likely to become even more concentrated. This is precisely the opposite direction we should be going in. We need less ownership by Fox, by Viacom, by Disney, by the Washington Post, not more. Since newspapers seem to be a dying breed, you might wonder why this is significant at all. But look, some newspapers are likely to be around for a long time, if not in physical form, that is, in print, at least on the web. So they're not really disappearing, all of them. Some are just going virtual. And if the online newspaper and the major TV station in one market are both owned by the same company, that company could distort the agenda of whatever city it's in and we're living in. The promise of this new technological age is that it democratizes the media, But this ruling makes such democratization less likely and foxification only more so.
4: I do have to, to be fair, I have to remember uh, what Bill O'Reilly told me when I was on his show about Fox. Uh, I believe he said to me, uh, John, this whole network is a well-orchestrated sham." No, 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 wait, that's not what he told me, that's not what he told me. Ah, he said there's a separation between Fox News and Fox Opinion. And the network did tell the New York Times that between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. and 8 p.m., that is their news time so yes there's a lot of opinion between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. it's real news for instance let's look at the newest star of Fox News Uh, it's Megyn Kelly she hosts a two-hour midday show America live she is in the sweet spot of their no opinion news area
2: our mission is to get you the facts fair and balanced
5: there are two sides to every story only one show delivers both fair and balanced
2: Yes, as the
4: promo shows you, America Live gives you both sides of the story. The smiling Jesus flag t-shirt man side, and that other crazy bitch's side. That's a very fair picture of what arguments look like. Happy smiling Jesus man and angry nose ring liberally. Thursday's healthcare summit was Kelly's big chance to show off her news chops. Now, for context, when the Fox opinion people cover health care reform,
6: it sounds like this. A majority of Americans are calling on President Obama and the Democrats to scrap their health care reform bill and start over. We got 73% yeah. of the American people saying, don't
7: do this. The latest poll in our little episode shows 58% disapprove of your health care plan. That's opinion,
4: guys. Isn't that the news? Let's see how Megyn Kelly, anchor of a news show in the middle of the day, handles the same subject.
2: Public opinion polls are against this. They they say start over. The vast majority of of the American public are against this bill. Seventy-three percent of people say scrap the bill. See? (laughs) See, when
4: the opinion guys make that point, they're wearing sleeves. But the news hounds on America Live don't just rely on poll
2: numbers. They back it up by taking the temperature of the average man on the street. Some seniors are certainly voicing their worries. We are live with a group of concerned citizens getting their take on a health care overhaul.
6: I think
4: uh, it's going to be too big.
8: Why he wants to have this bill, I don't understand.
4: Okay, neither one of those two seem to want it. (laughs) I imagine the fair and balanced part of her news program
7: comes after the commercial break.
5: Do you think that it's fundamentally
7: impossible to to do health care in this kind of broad fashion and be able to do it cheaper over
3: the long haul? I think that uh, I agree what you just said. I agree with you. You cannot do it in an overall single bill like this.
9: Don't jam this monster down our throat. Wow! The only
4: four people Megan Kelly's 2-hour fair and balanced America Live news show randomly selected all agree that this bill is a terrible idea. She was actually going easy when she said the vast majority of people don't want this. Her research shows 100% of the American people want this. I'm sorry, not even don't want this. Don't want to jam this monster down our throat. Where have I heard that phrase used before with regards to health care?
6: Will the Democrats turn to reconciliation and try and jam this health care bill right down your throat? Jam it down their throat.
10: Cram this thing down America's throat.
6: Jam this thing through. Ram through.
7: Force it down. Ram it down America's throat. Jam it together and by God's shove it down your throat.
4: America! this to you today america will not stand for health <laughs> care 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 uh. all
8: right
4: fine maybe the only old folk interviews they could get appear to have been conveniently hooked up to an iv drip of fox talking points <laughs> But the fact is, over last Thursday's entire two hour show during the healthcare summit, Megyn Kelly went everywhere she could to get different perspectives fair and balanced on healthcare. From the people at the old folks' home to a doctor who also thought healthcare reform wouldn't work to a concerned citizen who had
11: attended a healthcare town hall meeting. We're so hungry to have a representative who will listen to the people instead of trying to just cram legislation
7: down our throats. (laughs) What exactly is your show balancing out?
4: The Acorn News Network for Marxist revolutionaries? (laughs) Uh, Angela Davis is hosting a very angry show.
2: Which is not to say that Megyn Kelly didn't have anyone who
4: believed in health care reform on her program.
2: Help me understand why, when, when you look at the latest polls and you have 77% or 73% of the American people saying scrap this bill, why the Democrats don't come out and say, you know what? We hear you. We're going to scrap it.
4: Yes, I simply would like to know, as an honest and balanced news person, when you're going to pull your Stalinist head out of your Leninist ass and listen to Real Americans, because we're a news show and we couldn't find one person that doesn't think this bill should be scrapped. Now, you at home may be thinking, for balance, why didn't the news organization interview a wider range of people at the retirement home, like the minimum wage custodian or the part-time receptionist with three kids, or anyone at the home who doesn't already have the benefit of socialized Medicare? Or. Since the American Medical Association supports health care reform, you might be surprised they couldn't find a doctor who would be more positive about it. Well, the truth is, under their plan, Fox News isn't allowed to go out of network. But <laughs> even if they did find one of those rare and un-American advocates for health care reform, there's still one thing that's irrefutable, and that is the numbers.
2: Seventy percent of the American people wanted Congress to ditch this bill numbers don't lie.
4: Now, sure, with polling, you can always come in with caveats like, well, it depends on how the question is asked, or you can point to other polls showing that Americans do want a health care reform bill and that a majority (laughs) favor the public option and a polarity support this bill's actual provisions once the provisions are explained to them. But Megyn Kelly knows you can't parse poll numbers. They're infallible. Even if, like in October 2008, those
2: numbers might have suggested that Barack Obama was going to win the presidential election. You know, you've got to look at these poll numbers mm-hmm. because Barack Obama tends to poll better than he performs. The bottom line is you don't don't trust the polls. Yeah. With all due respect to our pollsters, they they might not tell us anything. Yeah. Or
4: they might tell you everything, depending on your opinion of what the news should be.
5: United States court has ruled against uh, the FCC on the issue of net neutrality. Now, this is colossally important. Why? Uh, Comcast says, look, if we lay the cables that go into your internet, or as Ted Stevens, the former Republican uh, senator from Alaska, said, a series of tubes that go into the internets. If they lay the cables, they say, well, we should be able to charge what we want. So if someone's a competitor to Comcast, well, then they wind up charging them a little bit more for their cable usage uh, that leads to the Internet, uh, ultimately what is their Internet usage. Uh, if they're, but if it's a Comcast product, well, well you look at that, and that's going to cost less. And, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Then they can set rates on whatever the hell they like. They, like, they don't like some con- content. They don't like people that speak against Comcast or other corporations, or if they buy NBC, competitors of NBC. Well, then they can make their charges go up, right? And it's not just Comcast, but AT&T, Verizon, et cetera. So if we lose on net neutrality, that means the Borg comes online. You know, I talk about the Borg all the time, about how they buy corporate America and multinational corporations now, grow and grow, and obviously since it's logical that they're going to make more money if they buy government officials, they buy government officials. Then they go into the courts, and eventually they find a way to buy the justices. We talked about that yesterday on the show. And here we are. Now, uh, you know, United States court ruling that yes, in fact, the board can invade the internet. And once they do that, and then I think that they've got complete control over the corporate media right now, the old media, the networks, the uh, print, etc. Not all of print, but a lot of print. So now if they get control of online, and all of a sudden you want to get your message out online, Well, Comcast or Verizon or AT&T decided they don't like your message. They're going to charge you a hell of a lot more to get that message out. All of a sudden, this wonderful dream of the Internet, being the great equalizer, gets flushed down the toilet. And so today was a bad ruling, Now, and it could set a terrible precedent. The question is, what is the Obama administration going to do about this? They could do one of two things. One, they can say, hey, you know what, we're going to appeal this. We're going to go to a higher court and hope to uh, win. Now, if it goes all the way to the Supreme Court, the current Supreme Court is not conservative. They're corporatists. Uh, a, A real conservative was William Rehnquist. You might not have liked him, but he warned about corporate America impinging upon the rights of the state. He said, corporations aren't human beings. They don't have First Amendment rights. Well, they got rid of William Rehnquist. Well, he died, to be fair, right? But once he left, they didn't replace him with a real conservative. They replaced him with a corporatist, John Roberts. And John Roberts says, what What would you like to do? Yes, corporations. Yes. So in Citizens United, what he did was he said you can spend as much as you like if you're a corporation on American elections. If this uh, case gets all the way up to John Roberts-led court, what are they going to do? They're going to say, oh, yeah, of course, the Internet. Go ahead, block it, charge more, do whatever you want. You guys win. I'd be shocked if they didn't. But here's what FCC can do without the courts. The reason the courts ruled against them is because they said, well, this is an area of light regulation. If the FCC was, you know, mandated by Congress uh, to do real regulation of Internet like they were broadcasting. Well, first of all, they haven't done very good regulation of broadcasting, if you ask me. That's a whole different issue. Uh, but if, if they passed that law, then the FCC could definitely come in and say, no, equality, uh, and you cannot charge more to your competitors or to anyone else, and you have to give everyone the right to be on the Internet just as they are now. Should the Obama administration do that? Of course they should do that. You have to protect net neutrality at all costs. If we, if we lose the Internet, we're all in a world of trouble. Then there are no outlets left, and the Borg wins. <laughs> Don't let them win on this one. Today's very bad news, but it can be fought. If the people in power care to fight.
8: But I'd do it again.
0: You can now support this podcast as easily as by shopping online. The next time you need to make a purchase of just about anything, simply visit bestofleft.com and use our Amazon.com search box to find what you're looking for. The search box is located right on the side of the website. You can't miss it. When you make your purchase, we get a little commission. It's just another effortless, completely free way for you to help keep the show going strong. Thanks for your support.
8: Finally, a March 15th profile of Fox News host Glenn Beck by The Washington Post's Howard Kurtz included a few interesting tidbits. Beck lost a veteran in-house producer and has surrounded himself not with Fox News employees, but with loyalists from his own company. Kurtz also noted that, quote, a vice president was assigned to help keep an eye on that program and review its content in advance. A full-time job, close quote. What this person is keeping an eye out for is any guess, toning down the show's paranoia or extremism is apparently not part of the plan. Kurtz also notes that some Fox reporters aren't crazy about what his new fame is doing to them. Quote, Beck has become a constant topic of conversation among Fox journalists, some of whom say they believe he uses distorted or inflammatory rhetoric that undermines their credibility. Close quote. Yes, Glenn Beck is somehow undermining Fox's credibility in a way that Bill O'Reilly, Sean Hannity, Geraldo Rivera, and Brit Hume hadn't yet managed to do. If they're worried about Beck's far-right politics, that makes no sense either. Fox has always been conservative. It was founded on an explicitly political agenda, albeit one that Fox anchors and personalities try to argue is a myth cooked up by the liberal media. Maybe what these Fox reporters are really saying is that Beck's presence on Fox makes it more difficult to fool people.
12: How Anybody deny you I came here with a load, And it feels so much like could never
5: go on without Glenn Beck uh, was told about net neutrality. Now, again, with Glenn, you always wonder if he's so stupid he doesn't know anything about the issue or if he knows and he's purposely lying. I'm, I, in this case, I'm voting stupid. Uh, as you'll hear in the beginning of this clip, uh, this group, Americans for Prosperity, called them to tell them about this. They're a front group for uh, multinational corporations. And they admit it. Fu- I mean, they don't admit they're a front group, but they say, yeah, we're funded by multinational corporations. And obviously, their job is to rile up the conservatives in order to protect those corporations that are funding them. And they told Glenn Beck net neutrality is to take over the internet and regulate it and make sure that there aren't voices. When, of course, in reality, it's the exact opposite. Now, I'm saying that in advance of you watching the clip, because I want you to keep that in mind. Because this is an indisputable fact. The people that go to fight for net neutrality, like Free Press, who he's going to talk about, want to keep the Internet as is, as it currently is. They don't want to regulate it. They don't want to put uh, impediment to free speech on the Internet. It's the exact opposite of what Glenn Beck is about to tell you. That is absolutely factual. You can check it up, and you can see for yourself. Now, Beck is going to turn that on his head. Here comes classic Beck ignorance.
7: There is a tremendously important FCC hearing going on this week on net neutrality. Special thanks to Phil Kirpin um, of Americans for Prosperity for alerting me while I was on vacation about this. We looked into it over the weekend and... um, what a surprise no one's talking about this the fcc is being inundated by special interest group ironically named free press whose goal it is to limit america's free press and freedom of speech this special interest group also claims that it's due to special interest groups that it has become necessary for them to intervene on our behalf how great free press is pushing their agenda in the name of net neutrality supposedly they are protecting net neutrality and free speech on the Internet and in other media yet who's complaining about the neutrality on the Internet I mean is there some major outcry that I just haven't heard about yet Americans have never had more access to more outlets to express themselves than they do right now anyone in America with a computer and an internet connection can sit in their basement in their underpants eating biscuits while they bang on their keyboards all night and day while mom's upstairs sleep and they're like can you, you Daddy, go
8: get a job!
7: they can literally say whatever they want anytime they want so what is the problem? Comcast seems to me there isn't one if free speech really is your goal i mean really what what's connecting us unlike any other time the internet But you see free press isn't about free speech it's about marxism it's about silencing dissent free press is an oxymoron started by an oxymarxist. His name is Robert McChesney. In addition to co-founding Free Press, he's also the former editor of the Monthly Review. This is a self-proclaimed independent socialist magazine, I don't want to call names, an openly Marxist publication. Sounds like free press advocates so far, doesn't it? Oh the there you go again throwing out wild accusations. The puppet thing that I got at Disney World's not really working,
5: is it? No, it's not. (laughs) Well, that's the one thing you got right in this whole spiel. Now, look, if you're a conservative, libertarian, whatever you are, right, I want you to go online and check this for yourself. Don't trust us and certainly don't trust Glenn Beck because he got that story 100% wrong. As usual, on Fox News, tilted it and turned the story upside down. The reality is Free Press wants to protect the Internet as is. The people that are trying to change the Internet, in, in that case, is Comcast, but also Verizon and AT&T, because they're saying, look, we have the cables, uh, and we paid a lot of money to put those cables in the ground so you can get the Internet, so we should be able to charge whatever we want to different customers. So if we like what you're saying, uh, or you're a Comcast provider, then we can charge you less. If we don't like what you're saying, or you're a competitor, Comcast, for example, we can charge you more. They would be the ones regulating free speech on the internet. They would be the ones, and they argue this in court. It's not a matter of dispute that they want to change the way that the internet is regulated. They want to be, since they're the ones that lay the cables, they're the ones that want to be able to control pricing. And that's, of course, a way of keeping people out of the internet. If you say, well, I don't like what that guy's saying, so all of a sudden your costs. Are a hundred times more than my costs or my friends' costs. Well, that obviously will change the internet considerably, not considerably, entirely, as we know it. What free press is trying to do is stop that and protect the internet exactly as it is now. And as you heard Beck said, I don't see anyone complaining about how the internet is now. Everybody's got free speech. I know. That's what we're trying to protect. That's what your friends in corporate America are trying to change. As you watch that, it I mean you go back to that fundamental question is this guy the dumbest guy alive or is he like some evil genius who's like <laughs> i'm gonna say this thing hundred percent wrong today and i'm going with dumb i'm going with option a uh, the guys from Americans for Prosperity, as he told you, called them on and said, "Oh, you know, Glenn, they're going to change the internet." You know, I hear free press is socialist and, you know, what else they are? They're Marxist. Glenn Beck said, like, "Oh my God, somebody's a Marxist." Okay, I'll get out there. Okay, we got to protect the internet by giving it over to Comcast and Verizon and AT&T. Oh, free press, goddamn Marxist. Yeah, yeah, no, let's rule against them. Oh, the internet totally changed. Wow, ah, it doesn't matter. It was corporate America rocks. You're all Marxist. The guy is a. Definition of ignorance.
7: In an utter display of hypocrisy, Fox News lead fearmonger Glenn Beck criticized President Obama for using the politics of fear for political gain. Have a listen. Barack Obama said he wouldn't use the fear of politics like George W. Bush did. And here he is using the politics of fear. Interesting that Beck would condemn the politics of fear when here he is just this week drumming up fear against the Obama administration and even comparing the current political climate to September 11th. These people have been around radical Marxists. Why would the president take up immigration right away after he's just punched you in the face with health care? Holy cow, we are in bed with some really evildoers. Get down on your knees and pray, pray it's September 11th all over again except we didn't have the collapsing buildings but we need God more than ever
11: you know what? I've I've, I've never had to do this before but due to a scheduling conflict tonight I have to simulcast my show the Colbert report uh, with my radio show Colbert on the air, <laughs> let me go, okay, all right, I'm sorry about this, but uh, I've got a, I got a thing later tonight, I got to do, <sighs> Jimmy, are, are we rolling,
3: yes, great, <clears throat> mm-hmm.
11: <sighs> hello and welcome to Colbert on the air, looking forward to seeing everybody this weekend of the fifth annual charity, Guns for Knives Swap at Parker View <laughs> Elementary, You bring in your old knives, we'll give you a brand-new gun. (laughs) Hope to see you there. Bang, bang, stab, stab! (laughs) And, folks, I gotta say, as a fellow broadcaster, you know I have the utmost respect for Mr. Glenn Beck. Between his radio and TV shows, he's got four hours a day to fill, and nobody knows how to open their mouths and let her rip like Glenn. (laughs) That guy can seriously drop a load in his program's pants. Last week, in a headline-grabbing case of the wordy squirts, Glenn (laughs) sprayed his followers with this. Look for the words social justice
7: or economic justice on your church website. If you find it, run as fast as you can. Social justice and economic justice, they are code words.
11: Yes, they are code words for helping people. <laughs> code words used by communists and by Nazis. <laughs> I know when I think of Hitler and Stalin, I think social justice. <laughs> and Glenn seemed to be warning us about one church in particular. Jimmy?
7: If you have a, a priest that is pushing social justice, go find another parish. Go alert your uh, bishop and tell them, excuse me. Are you
11: down with this whole social justice thing? Now, when you say priest or bishop, folks, you are talking about the Catholic Church. So is Glenn attacking my faith? No. He is correcting my faith. (laughs) And it is long overdue, because for over 100 years, popes have declared a doctrine of social justice, including support of labor movements and the distribution of wealth in capitalist societies. Now, I know the popes are infallible, but did they screw the pooch on this one? You see, the God I worship doesn't encourage social justice. I have a personal relationship with Jesus, and he wants me to continue to acquire wealth. That's why his symbol is a plus sign, okay? Not, not divided by. If he wanted me to focus on the poor and the powerless, those rejected by society, Don't you think he would have put something on here to inspire empathy? Like maybe a kitten with really big eyes? Oh, my God! That is sacradorable. I just wish those of you listening on radio could see this. Of course, not all Christians are as grateful to Glenn as I am. Take Father James Martin. Here's what he said about the gospel according to Glenn.
9: I don't think it's as much an attack on my faith uh, as it is someone who seems not to know what he's talking about. The ultimate defense, I think, uh, comes from a bishop in Brazil who said, uh, when I feed the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why they're poor, they call me a communist.
11: Not true, Father. Sometimes Glenn calls you a Nazi. <laughs> Here to confess his sins, please welcome the Colbert Report chaplain, Father James Martin. <laughs> Father Martin, thanks so much. Father Jim, Father Jim, thanks for coming on here. You, you, uh, let's get this right out of the way. Important book you just published, The Jesuit Guide to Almost Everything. And that means almost everything. You got barbecue recipes in here, how to hotwire a car, the works. Now, Jim, may I call you Jim? Please do. Father Jim, you say (laughs) social justice addresses the root
9: causes of poverty. So social justice addresses laziness? Social justice addresses the things that keep people poor and it's in addition to charity uh, which is, you know, helping the poor, but social justice asks you why are these people poor and so it's part of Because they don't work hard enough.
11: Uh, our capitalist society says everybody's got a chance, you dig down, you do what you have to do, and you've got a chance to make it. Or don't you believe in capitalism?
9: I believe in capitalism. I went to the Wharton School and worked at GE, but uh, I also know that capitalism doesn't provide for everyone. And, you know, really, the poor are the ones in our society who work the hardest, I think. Uh, and if, you know, when you spend time with the poor, you, you come to realize that pretty quickly. And now, if, if I help the poor, mm-hmm. what's in it
11: for me? <laughs> You know, you know wh- why should I help the
9: least of our brothers? Uh, other than eternal salvation, you mean, or? Yeah, yeah, what, I mean, what's you know. my immediate payoff? <laughs> well... Yeah. By The poor actually teach us a lot about the gospel. They teach us how to live simply, uh, you know, working for the poor helps you to feel closer to Christ and the disciples because Christ asked us to work with the poor. And so... How, by, when did he do that? Uh, well, all, uh, all throughout the Gospels. In fact, uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, he says that the way that we're going to be judged at the end of our lives is not what church we prayed in or, or how we prayed, but really, you know, how we treated the the poor. So it's 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 sort of a litmus test for Jesus. Uh, but uh, why would he do that? Jesus himself was not poor. Uh, Jesus was uh, relatively poor. Uh, he wasn't
11: poor. Uh, well, I, 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 mean, I, uh, I mean, he may not have had much, but he was like, you know one of those hobo hipsters or a trustafarian, you know? You know his dad is loaded. He was just choosing to be poor. He could have changed at any time he wanted. There's a difference between that and poor, right?
9: There is, which is an important point. Jesus chose to be poor, uh, not only to show us what it means to live simply, but also to show God's love for the poor. And so when you're with the poor, you're really with God's beloved. Now, Pope Benedict, Mm
11: -hmm. He's in a little hot water right now. There's a little bit of scandal going on with Mm -hmm. the the problems with the the pedophile crisis Mm -hmm. in Germany. If Pope Benedict has to step down, do you think Glenn could be the next pope? Because he certainly seems comfortable with telling Catholics
9: what to do. Well, I think if he were, then I probably would listen to his advice to uh, leave the church.
11: (laughs) Father, this interview has ended. peace to love and serve the lord thanks be to god thanks be to god father jim martin
0: hi everyone now running this podcast is an absolute passion of mine that i've been pursuing for years but of course everyone understands that it takes a little bit of money to get along in this world and that's where the members come in members sign up and donate as little as five dollars a month which allows me to pump out 10 episodes per month now so while you're thinking about that and rationalizing that little expense just realize it breaks down to only 50 cents per episode and it's even less if you sign up for a full year and beyond that in return you get access to a set of members only raw feeds and these deliver audio plus video clips from the show As well as a separate feed just for bonus content that would otherwise end up on the cutting room floor. So, for details, please visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Thanks for your support.
13: Lynn Beck had his crazy train running wide open a week ago when he urged Christians to abandon their churches and follow him. Beck usually dresses up for his audience in costumes ranging from Bavarian border guard uniforms to lederhosen. I expected him to deliver his Leave Christianity message dressed in black. Jim Jones, the cult leader evangelist regularly dressed in black right up to the day that he convinced his glassy-eyed followers to kill themselves. 900 Jim Jones followers, you might remember, drank poison at their guy in a compound because they believed in Jim Jones the same way Beckheads believe in their crazed charismatic. Beck hasn't urged them to swallow the poison yet, but he mixes up a little bit for his tinfoil hat crowd almost every day. He's moved on from simply promoting Tea Party rallies. He's expanded his Moon Monkey message to telling his flock almost every day that they've become victims of a sinister Christian socialist New World Order. Beck's push is to convince his flock that if their preacher delivers sermons about social justice, a good Beckhead should leave that church. It played well with Beck listeners when he told them that Jesus didn't really believe in touchy-feely ideas of social justice. Beck's message is that as Christians, we should abandon our commitment to shelter the homeless and feed the hungry and heal the sick. I'm certain Beck knows his way around Mein Kampf much better than he does the New Testament. So it's no surprise that he's urging his followers to abandon the kind of Christianity that embraces social justice.
7: If you have a a priest that is pushing social justice, go find another parish.
13: Beck has seen great results in motivating his followers. Last week we saw Beck's new Christian teachings at work as we watched 900 healthcare Tea Party types scream like madmen at a pro-reform demonstrator. That demonstrator had Parkinson's disease. He was sitting on the ground in front of that crowd that seemed to embrace Beck's new Christian philosophy. The pro-reform demonstrator held a sign in his hand explaining that he needed healthcare coverage because he couldn't pay for the expensive treatment required for his crippling Parkinson's disease. The people in the crowd who believe in Beck's new Christianity threw dollar bills at the Parkinson's victim. Good no, no, I'll pay for this guy. Here go. There, pot. Buddy. I'll pay for you.
8: I don't want to hang out
13: They called him a worthless beggar and told him he could make more money panhandling somewhere else. That had to be a proud moment for Beck's Tea Party Christians. Then there was a story last week where about 900 anti health reform party protesters shouted obscenities at John Lewis and Barney Frank. The N word was unleashed in screaming tirades at John Lewis, who's an African American congressman from Georgia. It was mixed in with the primal quality screams of FAG as the Beck crowd attacked Frank for being gay and for supporting health care reform. What a glorious moment that must have been for the Beck and Neocon conservatives who've mastered the art of fueling hatred. Jim Jones had to isolate his 900 loony followers in Guyana before he could agitate them towards a psychotic frenzy that ended in mass suicide. I'm convinced this new Beck-believing Christian crowd might be led to the same end right here on U.S. soil. Before
8: the hint of a If heaven and hell decide that they both are satisfied Illuminate the nose on their vacancy signs If there's no one beside you when your soul embarks Then I'll follow you into the dark Catholic school, as vicious as Roman rule, I got my knuckles bruised by a lady in black. And I held my tongue as she told me, son, fear is the heart of
10: love, so I never went back. On October 7th last year, a Republican congressman named Pete Olson of Texas introduced a resolution in Congress to honor Hannah Giles and James O'Keefe III, who the resolution said filmed investigatory videos uncovering the fraudulent and illegal practices of the Association of Community Organization for Reform Now, or ACORN. A few months earlier, of course, James O'Keefe III and Hannah Giles uh, got the right wing in this country very excited when they released supposedly incriminating undercover videos that they filmed at local Acorn offices across the country. They claimed the videos showed Mr. O'Keefe and Ms. Giles dressed as a pimp and a prostitute, receiving assistance and advice from Acorn about how to do stuff like smuggling underage girls into the country and securing funding for their illegal prostitution business. Now, James O'Keefe and Hannah Giles were all over Fox News for this. They were lauded as the right's answer to that biased, biased left-wing profession known as journalism. And this congressional resolution that 32 House Republicans ultimately signed on to was meant to commemorate their good work. It said, quote, whereas Hannah Giles and James O'Keefe III have displayed exemplary actions as government watchdogs and young journalists, Hannah Giles and James O'Keefe III are owed a debt of gratitude by the people of the United States. That resolution never passed the House, but six months after it was introduced, California Attorney General Jerry Brown released details of his investigation into the Acorn prostitution sting, and what he found suggests that the conservative activists who brought down Acorn deserve something other than just the nation's thanks, declaring that the tapes that were aired on Fox News in a seemingly constant loop were, quote, severely edited. In his words, the Attorney General released the unedited tapes that Mr. O'Keefe and Ms. Giles had shot at California Acorn offices. He said those unedited tapes show that, quote, things are not always as partisan zealots portray them through highly selective editing of reality. Sometimes a fuller truth is found on the cutting room floor. The thing that was supposed to be so shocking about this scandal in the first place was the accusation that Acorn employees willingly helped a pimp and a prostitute skirt the law, even though it was perfectly clear that they were a pimp and a prostitute. He's dressed exactly in the same outfit that he wore to these uh, Acorn offices. James O'Keefe went to those offices dressed up as a pimp, and they still helped him. Outrageous, right? Wrong. Here's how Fox News viewers were shown Mr. O'Keefe purportedly setting up his stunt at the Acorn office in San Diego. Watch this.
8: It was ridiculous, I'm mean, picturesque, yeah.
10: Right, so the implication there is that Mr. O'Keefe walks into the Acorn office dressed in the fur and the hat and everything as a super fly, exploitation style 1970s pimp. But that is not actually what happened. Check out the unedited tape. This is the very end of that visit to the office in San Diego.
12: Nice, man. <laughs> okay man, That's nice to meet you.
10: Now, wait a second here. You see that dress shirt? Oh, the-, the pinstripes there. See that dress shirt that's visible as Mr. O'Keefe opens the door and exits the office? It's a dress shirt. What happened to the fur in the 1970s black exploitation superfly outfit? But the pimp outfit thing is just the start. If you watched the footage these guys released, if you followed the wall-to-wall coverage on Fox, if you read all the fawning mainstream media coverage of what these guys did, if you are a member of Congress and you voted to defund Acorn because of the outrage portrayed in these tapes, you were had. Consider this. During that same not in a pimp suit trip to Acorn San Diego office, Mr. O'Keefe claimed that he caught an Acorn employee giving him advice on how to smuggle underage girls into the country. This is from the edited version of that trip that O'Keefe released and, and Fox News aired over and over and over again. Watch.
12: Question. Would Acorn employee Juan Carlos consult his contacts in Mexico to find a way to help us smuggle the underage girls into the United States from Tijuana? What things do you need for me in terms of like the shipment information, like what can I help you? What information would you further need, would help you in, in advice you would give me? The location. The location? Yeah. Where, whereabouts, like what type of like city, state, where, what do you need? Uh, the, the location, they're they gonna take uh, the course. Is it better if it's Tijuana? Is it better if it's um, somewhere inland? Uh, where Where is the best place? Um, I'm not quite, He's like all these answers he wants right away. It's varies in Tijuana. Tijuana? Yeah. Why? Because I have a lot of contacts in Tijuana. Okay, and they might be able to assist crossing the border? Yeah. Okay, there's like 12 of them, is that okay? 12? 12.
10: 12 girls.
12: There's 12 girls, but they're like like 13 to 15 years old. Okay. Yeah.
10: Damning video, right? Damning! Billed by people like Fox News host Sean Hannity as cold, hard evidence of ACORN aiding and abetting this crime.
6: This new, never-before-seen undercover footage shows the great lengths that one ACORN official is willing to go in order to help set up a prostitution ring once again involving underage girls. Now the man on this tape even offers to help smuggle underage illegal immigrants into the U.S. for the purposes of prostitution.
10: Actually, what you don't see in that Fox News report is the rest of the video, which shows the Acorn employee pressing, pressing, pressing for as much information as he could possibly get from these two people in his office.
12: So the telephone number is uh, two two zero one. What area is that? It's far from, from back east. Mm-hmm. It's a f- I'm actually originally from New Jersey. Okay. So you know, you don't know what day, what day do you want to no, no, they're coming. They're coming on Saturday. Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Well, yeah. yeah, like like Friday night, Saturday morning, like like really late though, like secretly in the middle of the night, of the night. Mm-hmm. like between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. So, so that's the hour they they working in, and that. They're working on that, you know, arrival.
10: So Why is he asking for stuff like phone numbers, dates of arrival, specific locations, all these details? What's this Acorn guy going to do with all that information? What does he do with all that information? Oh, he calls the police and reports what they've told him is going to be a crime. Quoting from the Attorney General's report, Immediately after the couple left, Mr. Vera telephoned his cousin, Detective Alejandro Hernandez at the National City Police Department, and said that a self-admitted prostitute had been to the office and was discussing human smuggling. Detective Hernandez contacted Detective Mark Haas at the San Diego Police Department. Detective Haas works with cases involving human smuggling. So that Acorn employee, who by the way doesn't speak English all that well, did the responsible thing. He elicited as much information as he could get out of this supposed pimp and in his office, and then he immediately reported it to the police. For that, he ended up getting fired after fantastical interpretations of his actions like these aired on Fox News. He-
2: Told us that it would be best if we had them shipped into tijuana because he had contacts there that could help us yeah. um, it was it was extremely unusual and we we're like oh you
10: can and he goes yeah my people have experience getting bringing people across the border yeah i remember when he said my people have experience yeah that was actually you said that Uh, The fact that the Acorn employee collected all that information, including phone numbers and dates the supposed crime was planned for, and passed that information on to the police, uh, that never made it into that Fox News report on this outrage at the San Diego Acorn office. If you watched the Fox News coverage of these undercover Acorn tapes, you would have gotten the impression that every Acorn employee offered their assistance in hiding what they were explicitly told was a prostitution business.
6: It's almost inconceivable that a human being could react this way.
7: You can't think that this is okay.
6: You know that if it were you and this couple came
7: in and, 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 and walked into your office, you wouldn't sit there.
10: You wouldn't sit there. You wouldn't like, sit there like these evil Acorn employees did before they called the police. I know this may shock you, but Fox News, it turns out, was not giving its viewers an accurate portrayal of how exactly these two activists represented themselves when they went into the Acorn offices. The story Fox News told its viewers was that O'Keefe and Giles went into Acorn saying they wanted to start a child prostitution business, right? And Acorn employees like Lavelle Stewart in Los Angeles were more than eager to help them out with starting this child prostitution business. Here's how it played on Fox.
6: After telling Stewart that they're looking to start a prostitution business, Stewart is well, pretty encouraging. You can do anything.
2: Okay, okay. Somebody's gonna say yeah. Okay.
10: So that's how Fox News packaged and reported what happened in that office. They reported that after this Acorn employee was told that this pimp and prostitute wanted to start a prostitution business, she encouraged them to go for it. Now that we have the unedited tapes, do you want to see what actually happened?
12: interesting uh, situation. My girlfriend here is from Miami originally, okay. but she, she came over to California. She's in a, a unique line of work. Okay. okay. So okay. we've been, you know, it's been so so much trouble trying to get a house because the bankers, you yeah, know, they want yeah. to see, see something official
8: mm-hmm. and we don't have anything like that. Right. So you, that's why Acorns... But you know what? Yeah, when you go to them, tell them exactly what you just told me. Tell them your situation because they could probably give you some advice on what she can do. Yeah, they could probably help her out.
12: Because yeah. we've been to so many banks and they're just like, yeah, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't have to deal with institutions. Yeah. You can do anything. Okay.
8: Okay.
10: okay. You don't give up. Don't mind who says no. Keep pushing. Somebody will All right. Somebody's gonna say yeah. Alright. Somebody's gonna say yeah. See how she turns away from him and turns to her. What actually happened is that O'Keefe and Giles told this ACORN employee they couldn't find housing because Ms. Giles was a prostitute. And that's when that employee turned to her and encouraged her to keep trying to get housing for herself. Not encouraging her to start a prostitution business, but encouraging her to keep trying in her effort to get housing. But don't let that stop you, Mr. Hannity. Don't let that get in the way of your great story. In criticizing this type of selective editing, California Attorney General Jerry Brown's office said, quote, the video releases were heavily edited to feature only the worst or most inappropriate statements of the various Acorn employees and to omit some of the most salient statements by O'Keefe and Giles. The unedited videotapes released by the California Attorney General's office last week clear Acorn employees in California of criminal wrongdoing. They do not clear ACORN offices in other parts of the country. We've talked about ACORN's real various misdeeds before on this show, including having an executive who embezzled funds and some other problems. This is not meant to excuse what ACORN has done wrong in the past. But the huge tide of negative publicity that followed these videotapes and the coverage they got on Fox wall to wall for months was bullpucky. It was a dishonest political stunt that bears no resemblance to journalism and no resemblance to the actual facts Of what happened in those offices? But it worked. This big organization serving poor people, registering thousands of low-income voters, advocating for a higher minimum wage, this organization has been shut down. Means be damned, in the end it worked. Who do you think is next on their list?
2: Our top item today, Media Matters has previously noted that Fox News will host just about anyone who is opposed to health care reform legislation.
5: But Dr. Milton R. Wolf isn't just another critic. He is also the second cousin of President Barack Obama. He joins us live this morning on the couch. Now, with the war of words getting more personal and heated, is there anything that can be said or done to make both sides come together? Is this why Bruce Channer's
2: here? He's got a lot to say about public policy, from health care to taxes and on and on. The one and only... Jim Simmons. Unfortunately, this lineup has not improved since the bill's passage. Here's a clip from yesterday's Fox & Friends. The Florida urologist has gotten a lot of attention for posting this sign on his office door telling Obama supporters to seek care elsewhere. Dr. Jack Castle joins us live right now. Good morning to you, doctor.
4: Let's begin tonight with a, a different cable network, uh, a news network, actually. It uh, uh, used to be one of the giants in the industry, CNN, has fallen on tough times of late, with the hosts of their most popular shows losing almost half of their viewers over the last year. I mean, that's, you know, from ten to five. I, I don't... <laughs> I don't understand why they can't connect with viewers.
3: Here we go, into Snoopville. What's the name of the magic? This is the magic. I'm still on the break. Why are we moving?
4: (laughs) Okay, as a news program, maybe not so good, but if that were a Gary Marshall sitcom, (laughs) I'd love that, gin and prune juice. (laughs) As a nighttime cop drama, I'd be into that. Brittle and Toke. <laughs> as a BET joint, Tyler Perry presents Chronic and Back Pain. <laughs> but as a news programmer, might not be... I have others, if you want to hear them. <laughs> old Batman and Black Robin. Uh... <laughs> Fresh Prince and Old Hair. <laughs> 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 Different tokes. Listen. The bottom line is CNN's got to get in the game, man. Here's what they could do. They could go partisan, like the brethren at MSNBC or Fox, get themselves a Glenn Olberbeck, or a <laughs> Sean Hannadow. <laughs> they could pursue a network-wide dogmatic news pinion effort, or CNN could... Exercise some editorial authority and integrity. Start breaking apart the entire right-left politico-journalist symbiotic paradigm. Lead a new generation of truth-seekers on an anti-talking point jihad. Or, or, they could just throw random bloggers into a hock
9: box and see what sticks. You know, the irony here, though, is that Obama's unicorn of hope and change is dying under Ted Kennedy. That if Ted Kennedy had decided to resign or retire uh, when he found out just how bad his health was, instead of wanting to be a martyr for the cause, the Democrats wouldn't be in this position. Well, John, this this is... Hey, 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 whoa, whoa, zoom in
4: on that guy. <laughs> zoom in on that guy who just kicked Ted Kennedy when he was dead. <laughs> I like the cut of his jib. We could use that guy to make Mary Madeline seem sane and Carville seem human. (laughs) Hire him. The fella's name is Eric Erickson, or as you may know him, Eric, son of Eric. (laughs) He's, he's a redstate.com blogger whose incendiary political commentary has just won him a job for no apparent reason on CNN. And of course, like with most new hires, CNN vetted him thoroughly after the fact.
7: On the administration's healthcare spokeswoman, you wrote, Linda Douglas is really the Joseph Goebbels of the White House healthcare shop. You're comparing her to a notorious Nazi? I probably shouldn't have said that. Probably? (laughs) Yeah, I probably
4: shouldn't. I mean, I don't want to definitively say she's not a Nazi, but I'm leaning.
7: (laughs) Go on. You wrote the following, and the headline was, is Obama shagging hookers behind the media's back? You write, I assume not. I assume that Obama's Marxist harpy wife would go Lorena Bobbitt on him should he even think about it. Since that time, I- I've really learned I don't have to get personal in blogging to make my point. Really? That's
4: what you learned? <laughs> you definitely believe you could have made the point that the president of the United States is faithful because he fears that the first lady of the United States will cut off his d***? <laughs> and then, I guess, redistribute it to the poor. You feel you could've done that in a less personal way? Point taken.
7: When Justice Souter announced his retirement, you said, you wrote, the nation loses the only goat expletive child molester ever to serve on the Supreme Court. Do you regret
9: writing that? It was about the dumbest thing I've done.
4: (laughs) You're hired. (laughs) CNN, what are you doing? Only CNN could hire a guy whose entire resume is incendiary partisan rhetoric and then act like that's the part of him they don't like. They don't think that's... CNN is like the guy at the strip club who says, I'm gonna hang out, but I'm not getting a lap dance. I'm, I'm here for the buffet. I guess that explains their new slogan. CNN, we have no idea what the f- we are doing.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Now, I am profoundly irritated at something. And since you just listened to this episode, you may very well be profoundly irritated at the exact same thing. So, first of all, the way I make this show is a very natural, very organic process. You know, I I listen to lots and lots of sources. And whenever I hear anything of interest that can fit into any category that I think will eventually... Uh, You know, once I collect enough uh, clips will build itself into a show. I just, I pull all those clips, set them aside until I have enough of them and then make a show out of it. I mean, that it's, it's really that simple. It's, It's what, so what I'm saying is it's very rare for me to go out specifically looking for a clip on a particular topic. You know, they just, they, they kind of, they just bubble up naturally and they just come to me and then that's how the show gets made. Now, I, I say that just to to preface the point that I just looked through, you know, I, I noticed as I was making the show and I just did a quick count right now, there were about 12 clips that made up this episode and about five and a half of them were dedicated entirely to Glenn Beck. And that's ridiculous. I'm so disgusted at the fact that If you want to have a discussion about the media, like, that, this show was just, like, hey, these are just clips about the media. These are liberals talking about the American media and what's going on in the media. And if you want to talk about the media, almost half of the conversation, you know, based on these kind of, uh, just these clips that that bubbled up to the top this time, almost half of them are going to be about Glenn Beck? That's nuts. I mean, it's nuts and disgusting. Like, our media has so much fundamentally wrong with it but we can't even talk about it we can't even we can't even make space to discuss these deeper issues because there's one guy who's a ridiculous clown who's yelling loud enough that he drowns out the rest of the conversation you know he inflames so much of the conversation that it it can't be Avoided, he, you know, to ignore him, you know, ignore him at your peril, you know. People people go around saying, well, he's a clown, uh, you know, ignore it and he'll go away, you know. Then you run the risk of, well, Glenn Beck is saying this, and no one's disputing it. So, if he was wrong, then wouldn't everyone else say something about that? So you you know you can't you can't let people who are on the borderline of like, well, I don't know. Glenn Beck says one thing. Other people say other things. I don't know. You know, if, if no one's saying that he's crazy, then I don't know. He seems to kind of make sense. Like you can't, you can't let people fall into that trap. So you have to talk about him. But now he's just taken over to such an extent that like uh, the state of our media is depressing enough as it is. And now we're to the point that we can't even discuss how to make it better because we're, you know caught up discussing him uh, so i just had to get that off my chest because i'm as i said ridiculously irritated by it moving on to more fun topics uh, if you're a, a mildly long-time listener you may recall that um you know based on the rules of podcasting whenever a, a podcaster gets a new microphone they are required to talk about it and mention it on the show it's kind of like jerry duty so um If I sound a little bit different, I have to explain. Well, yes, I do maybe sound a little different. I have a new microphone. And for those of you who are listening really, really closely, uh, you know, like five months ago, you may realize that what that means is I finally received my package of awards for the 2009 podcast awards that happened back in december you know maybe if you're a new listener maybe you don't know what i'm talking about every time i open the show and i brag about this being an award-winning show well um it turns out back in december we were up for the best produced podcast in the world award and we won thanks entirely to the votes of you guys and um and so that was great and as part of the award is uh, because that was one of the big categories, you know, the big umbrella categories, best produced. So one of the things I got was a brand new microphone, which you're uh, experiencing the benefits of uh, as I speak, literally. And then secondly, I got a nice big trophy. And so you know, since I was up for the the best produced podcast, you can imagine my surprise when I opened the box and pulled out the award for the. Uh, 2009 podcast awards people's choice presented to espn fantasy focus football interesting so you know it's it's not exactly like a a, a day late and a dollar short it's it's kind of like you know five months late and like seven danish kroner short and you're like i I don't even i don't even use danish kroner I, i don't get it of course all that will get worked out i already made contact with the uh the boys over at the ESPN Sports Dome, and, uh, and we'll be trading awards via mail uh, very soon. Now, just a little bit of house cleaning. Of course, I want to uh, continue to mention. Uh, please keep those votes coming in at Podcast Alley. We're doing great this month, but you know I want to make sure we actually stay there through the end of the month. So, uh, if our votes drop off and everyone else, uh, all the other shows, uh, keep pushing it, then you know we'll end up dropping off eventually. So, uh, it you know it's really simple and. It's just something I'm I'm hoping you're going to get in the habit of doing it every month. Head over to, really, honestly, go to bestoftheleft.com and click through uh, as part of the support box uh, all the different things you can do for the show. Voting at Podcast Alley is one of them. It takes you right to the page you need to be at, and you can just do that every month, and it keeps us up there in the top 10 and keeps spreading the word to new listeners. Uh, The other thing I want to say is, of course, I'm still trying to raise a little bit of extra money, um, which is going to allow me to go to a couple of big liberal conferences coming up this summer. The Take Back, uh, excuse me, it used to be called the Take Back America Conference, is now the America's Future Now Conference in Washington, D.C., and also the Netroots Nation Conference in Las Vegas. Both of those are happening, uh, one in June, the other in July, and I'm hoping to raise um, like another $800 over the next 30 days or so, and that'll allow me to uh, you know purchase the airfare and hotels and uh, you know admission to the events and, and whatnot and so i can go in and uh, see everything i can see and, and absorb as much as i can and then come back and report to you about what um, america's future is going to be now and what the net routes are up to Now, I'm just going to thank a couple of members quickly. uh, Tanya N. signed up uh, back on November 7th and has stuck with the show every month since then. Uh, So, huge thanks uh, for Tanya for for sticking with the show. And then Jadeen V. signed up uh, on January 4th and went ahead and signed up, uh, you know, essentially for 2010 in its entirety uh, in advance. So, you know, huge thanks to both of those uh, members who sign up. Uh, Members, keep the show going. Uh, you know it's five bucks a month so it's a pretty small expense for them but all the members added up allow me to do this show 10 times a month which you know is huge it's something uh, I, I couldn't possibly do without their support and then in return they get the warm fuzzy feeling of knowing that they're helping to keep the show going and they get all the great bonus content that comes in their members only raw feeds. So that is it for today. Of course, I hope all of you continue to support the show by doing the easiest thing in the world, which is just to tell people about it. Tell your friends, coworkers, um, strangers on the street, that sort of thing, and that makes a huge difference. Just getting uh, more and more people to hear the show. If you want to stay connected to the show between episodes or even help spread the word online, you can join up with us at Facebook and Twitter, whichever you prefer. Uh, for details on the show, of course, including links to all the sources and all the music used in this and every episode, those are always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from far outside the conventional wisdom of Washington D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast, coming to you ten times a month. Thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from BestoftheLeft.com
8: bitch, burning on a shining sheet The only maker that you want to be A dying man in a living room The shadow bases the will take you out any open door This is not my life It's just a fun farewell to a friend
1: Hi, my name is Mike. Can I have your ears for a real short rant? This message is totally unsolicited. In fact, the only way you could be hearing my message right now is because Jay heard this very same recording and gave me a little space. So, thanks, Jay. Hey, talk about penny-pinching in this economy. I've whittled down a normal middle-class existence to my current bare-bones income, and I do it on early Social Security retirement. That's 25% less than regular Social Security. $5 is a lot of money to me, but I consider it important enough to give those dollars to Jay every month to further his great program, the twice-weekly Best of the Left podcast. So if you could possibly squeeze a subscription into your budget, do it. Hey, if I can come up with a fiber every month, I think most people can. And if you can't, keep listening, do those free things that Jay asks you to do, and
2: then subscribe when you can. Thanks.